us. I don't know, weep, pray, run. I don't know. I could probably do a whole lot of things other than just preach, but I feel that this is the word today that the Lord would have for us today, and I'm so thankful for God's word. It is the lamp to our feet, and it is the light to our path. It will guide you if you allow it to, and if you obey it, it will help you to be ready for that beautiful city. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, Sister Pam. Appreciate our musicians today. Brother Joel, thank you for leading us in praise and worship. We thank you for being a part of this service today here at First Apostolic Church. Uh, God bless you. I pray if you've not been blessed yet, that the word of God will be a blessing to you. And after that, if that doesn't, well, I hope it does. But if it doesn't, I pray the food that's going to be prepared will bless you, at least in your natural body. But we're praying your spiritual man gets a blessing today. And I believe if you want it, you'll get it. It's a matter of what you and I want. Would you stand with me today in honoring your reading of the word of the Lord? I would like to go to the gospel of Mark, chapter number 6. One verse there, Mark 6, 48. Then the gospel of Luke, one verse there, Luke 18, 37. Mark, chapter number 6, verse number 48. And Luke 18, verse 37. I'll give you a moment to get there today. My, what a wonderful presence of the Lord. I love this. I love his presence. Mark chapter number 6, verse 48, and it reads, And he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea. I want us to focus on this last part. And would have passed them, or passed by them. I want to read that last part again. And would have passed by them. Luke chapter number 18, verse 37. It reads, And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. For a little while today, this thought, the hungry won't be passed by. Would you pray with me? Precious Savior, we love you today. It is our privilege as we come before your throne, as we cry unto you, I pray, every heart, every soul, every mind, Lord, that you would draw in by your presence. Lord, let your word speak to us today. Lord, I pray for a mind of clarity. Let us preach your word. I pray with authority in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask and pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated today. The hungry won't be passed by. Is there anybody who believes that besides me today? Yeah. I'm glad we got three or four that believe that. Amen. The hungry won't be passed by. We think about our Lord and this opening statement with the scripture we've read <laughs> about the hungry won't be passed by, but yet we read where it said in that verse in Mark 6, 48, and would have passed them by. I've thought so often upon that, Brother Keelan, what the Lord, his motive was. Here we find these disciples 
He had sent him out. He stayed behind on purpose. He knew there was going to be a wind blowing. He knew there would be a tempest out there on that water. He said, but boys going out there, get in that boat and go to the other side. I'll meet you. And as they went on their way to the other side, as we said, he stayed behind. His intent was to pray. But he was able to see them out there. He was able probably even to hear them, even above the waves, because they were getting a bit excited. That wind was blowing so much, and if you've never been on a body of water in a small boat, and the waves and the wind start getting rough, that's an uneasy feeling. I've been there. I've been there where you're getting water out. You're getting it out because it's getting in, and fast you get it out, it's getting back in. Those disciples were rowing, and they were giving it all they had, but they were going against a strong wind. And they were going against some waves that was too much for them, and it was overtaking them. They wasn't getting anywhere. And here come Jesus walking on by. He come walking on by them and left them. Started to. They were scared to death. They cried out. They thought of the spirit. Oh, look, a ghost. They were scared. They were terrified. And I so some of you probably think, oh, a bunch of scaredy cats. That would have gotten me. Oh, I bet. If you was out there, you're probably going, whoa, what is that? You'd probably be praying like you hadn't been praying in a long time. Jesus stops when they cried out to him. He said, be a good cheer, it's I. Don't be afraid. Calm, cool, collective, just walking on the water. <laughs> As he's walking on the water, no doubt in their minds, they're toiling. And we wonder, and I'm going to go back to what I said, why would Jesus pass them by? They were his chosen. They were his hand-picked. They were the ones he loved. They were his disciples. My goodness, and let's go a next step. Earlier that day, they helped him pass out food for 5,000 men, let alone women and children. They were probably wore out. They had been working pretty hard for the master. They had been doing all that for him. And now he tells them to go across, and they're being obedient. They go across, and they meet this strong wind. They're wore out to a frazzle, no doubt, and here comes Jesus and is going to pass them by, keep on going. He is going to walk to the other side. Leave them rowing. We wonder in our minds, don't we, church, why would he pass them by? Could it be that through the struggles of life, could it be through the tests and trials of life, that is how we learn to become stronger? That is how we, we learn to endure hardness. That is how we're able to overcome because he allows us sometimes to go through some things. He will allow us sometimes. We think he's passing us by. We think he does not care. Oh, but church, it's far from that. He does care. In fact, he cares so much to pass you by. He cares enough to walk on by you. He knows if he would stop every time, you would give up way too easily. So if he passes you by, you're going to cry out a little louder. You're going to cry out a little longer. You're going to become more determined and say, oh Jesus, do not pass me by. 
Hey. Sometimes, sometimes he will allow us to suffer. Not because he does not love us. He will allow us to suffer because he does love us. Mm-hmm. He does love us. He knows that you and I, if we continue rowing and we're determined, we keep our eye on the shore, we keep our eye on the goal, the direction that we're to be going. He knows as long as our eyes are there, it's going to be all right. I have no doubt in my mind, church, as they were rowing, they were looking for the other side. They could see it and they thought, we're going to keep on rowing. We're not there yet, but we're going to keep on rowing. It may be tough. It may be hard. It may be against us, but we're going to keep on rowing. We're going to keep on rowing because we know it's the only way to get to the other side. But today we're talking about the hungry won't be passed by. As his children, as his disciples, there are going to be times we will have to row. And we're going to have to endure hardness. We're going to have to get through things. He will help us get through them. But one thing I love about our master when we truly become hungry and thirsty of him, you can count on he will not pass you by. He won't do it. We read in Luke's account, 1837, and they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. Most of you probably know, oh, in this little part of the scripture that we read, what it's referring to, but if you don't today, or if you do, just bear with us for a moment because it's important that we recognize there was another person who Jesus was passing by. He was one who was in great need. You see, this man had been born blind. He had never seen the light of day. He had never seen the beautiful trees. He had never seen the birds he could hear singing. And oh, how he longed, no doubt, that he could be like others. That he would have the liberty to be able to see the beauty of creation that God, he had been told about, had made. We should be so thankful for our faculties today. We should be so thankful that we have ears to hear. We have eyes to see. We have hands to touch. Uh, that we can put together praise unto the Lord. We should be so thankful today that we have feet to take us into the house of God. We should be so thankful today that we have a relationship with him. This man had never seen the light of day, as we said. And he heard the commotion going on, the commotion and everything and the torment around him. And he said, what is this? What's going on? Oh, it's Jesus who's passing by. Jesus was already there and gone by before he knew what it was. The man had a choice, church, at that moment to decide to just be satisfied with being a blind beggar 
or began to cry as loud as he could and to call upon the only one who had the ability to deliver him. I want to say today, a lot of times we can get satisfied where we are. We can be contented even to a degree. God forbid we be satisfied with such a condition. This man wasn't. He wanted to see. He wanted to be able to have what others had. And he began to cry out once he was told, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They tried to silence him, but again and even louder, oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And as he cried out, they tried to shush him. Shh, quiet, he don't have time for you, beggar. He don't have time for you. He's got more people to deal with. He's got better things to do. You're a nobody. He don't have time for you. That's the way the devil wants you to think. That's the way the adversary would want you to feel. That God does not care for you. That he does not care for you. That you're insignificant and not important, but that's a lie. You are important to him. He does care for you. He cares for this lost and dying world. And my friend. When he's walking by, it's not a time to be silent. It's a time for you and I to cry unto him. If you remain silent, you will remain blind. If you remain silent, you will remain not ready for the rapture day. You and I have got to cry out unto him. We've got to call out unto his name. It's not a time to be quiet. It's a time to lift your voice with praise. It's a time to cry out to him in desperation, in earnest of heart. Church, we need him. Every one of us need him today. And if you remain silent, you could miss just what you need. If blind Bartimaeus would remain silent, he would remain just as we call him, blind Bartimaeus. But we don't call him after because his crying to the Lord, the Lord stopped and had him brought to him. I want to ask you a question today. Have you become weary in crying out? Or do you feel that if you cry out, it wouldn't make a difference anyway? I don't know what your situation here is today, but I'm telling you, it's not a time to stop crying out to him. You better keep your crying out to the Lord because if not, he will pass you by and he's going to go to them who will cry unto him. He will stop to them that are calling his name. He'll stop before them who will recognize their need of him. Jesus can do anything. We believe that much. We believe that he can do it for others, but do we believe he can do it for me? We've got to believe this today. He can do this for me. 
the hungry and the truly needy, he will not pass them by. We read how that many in the scripture who had need, he was there for them. The Bible tells me about when Jesus was passing his way through another place. There was another that he cried, was looking to, and he cried as he looked up to this man. I remember about the man named Zacchaeus. He heard of the fame of Jesus. He wanted something new in his life. His money got him the things he wanted. He was a wealthy man. But he was empty. He had a hole in his heart. I want to tell you, you can have all the things of this world and have a hole in your heart. There are folks today, sadly, to believe if they got a bigger home, a bigger car, a better job, or if they had that job with six figures or more, that would satisfy, and that, no, it wouldn't. I can tell you for a fact, because I have met men that were multimillionaires, and I've seen a face that ever hardly ever smiled. I saw men that were miserable, who had millions. They had no need of anything down here, but they were some of the most unhappy people you'd ever want to meet. But oh, if we can just find that place in him, if we could only just when he walks by our way, call unto him and say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, don't go by me. Don't pass by me. Lord, will you stop and will you fellowship with me? Lord, I want you to know that I desire your fellowship and I want you to know that I do love you. I'm not just wanting fishes and loaves, Lord. I'm not just wanting my belly filled, God. I'm just not asking of you because what you can do and supply those needs there. God, I am asking today because I know the need you can satisfy in my empty heart, in my empty soul. God, you alone are able to fill that void. That's the place, church, that must be filled. And money can't fill it. A relationship with a new partner can't fill it. Anything else this world has to offer cannot fill it. But Jesus Christ can. He can. He can fill it. He's been the best friend I've ever had. He's a love like you'll never find in this earth. And you may have a good spouse, but I'm telling you, they cannot fill that place Jesus can. Only Jesus can fill them. It really comes down to simple things. If you're still hungry, if you've lost your hunger, if you're not hungry, and if you have lost your hunger, he is going to pass you by. He is going to pass you by. Oh, God, let us be hungry. Help us be hungry today for the things of God. 
Help us be hungry today for a relationship with him that is not with lips alone, that is not with just what we show before people, but friend, it's something that we have in a secret place. It's something that we have daily with him that nobody knows but you and Jesus. Oh, that's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for today. He's looking for something in your life that says, God, I don't give just a little bit of me. God, I give all me to you. God wants all of our hearts, not just a little bit of it. God does not want your leftovers. There's folks in here today that they'd have the best meal that money could buy. But if it wasn't able to be ate at that moment, they wouldn't even touch it for a leftover. Now, some of you may be different. My point I'm trying to make is this. Those of you that don't like leftovers, what do you think God thinks about your leftovers to him? I don't want to give God leftover praise. I don't want to give God leftover love. I don't want to give God leftover anything. I want to give God my first fruits of all things. I want to give him my best because I don't want him, church, to pass me by. I don't want him to pass me by. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus will never let the hunger or needy be passed by. Luke 19, as we were saying, 5 and 10, talks about that man. And when Jesus came to the place, looked up and saw him, said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Verse 10, dropping down. They criticized him. They ridiculed him. But Jesus said about this man, verse 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek to save that which was lost. He came to seek and to save a lost and a dying world. He loves humanity. He loves us. I want to ask you a question today. You be honest. I'm going to ask for an answer verbally. Be honest. Are you still hungry for God? There was a thief at his side, Luke chapter number 23, verse 43. This man was about to face eternity. He had a great need. He had a great need. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The Mosaic law talks about that sacrifice, that spotless lamb. That day at Calvary, the spotless lamb was on the middle cross. A thief was on each side of him, one reviled and rebuked. The other one rebuked the other and said, we deserve this, this man doesn't. In so many words, he said, Lord, remember me in thy kingdom. Jesus replies, we've read today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. 
I want to tell you something today. He loved a man enough that on death row when he was about ready to die and Jesus was getting ready to die himself for humanity, he said, you're going to be with me in paradise today, a place of rest, no longer tormented, but a place of rest. You see, because he was the word made flesh, I want to make this clear, because he was the word made flesh, and because he was the fulfillment of the word of the law, he was the spotless lamb John talked about that would be slain. He had the power to forgive sins. He had power to raise up and give life. And while still under that law, he said to that man, you're going to have life. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And before Jesus would say it is finished, he had already given the hope of life to that man. And when God makes a promise, how many realize he doesn't pull it back? If you'll grab a hold of it, it's there. That's the, that's the choice. You've got to reach out and grab it. If you're hungry, you will. If you're not hungry, you won't grab it. If you feel you're good enough, you'll never grab it. If you feel like that you're ready and you don't need no more, you're basically telling the Lord, I don't need your spiritual table. Yes, we do. We need the table today. As we need a natural table, some of you go three times or more to every day. We need the spiritual table even more. And when you say you're good enough as you are, you're saying, I don't need no more from your table. Lord, I need from your table. I look how the psalmist said, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> Oh, I'm so thankful today, church. He's prepared a table. You and I can come and get to that table and be fed, but it comes back. You got to be hungry. You got to be hungry. He has done something that we cannot do on our own. He gave his life to give us life, and we couldn't do that on our own. We couldn't find this life. We were born in sin. We inherited the sin of Adam. Our parents inherited that sin. They inherited it from their parents, and it goes all the way back to Adam. There's only one way to cover the sin. That's through the blood of Jesus Christ, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There were men who had the form of godliness, but they had yet to receive of that power. We think of that power. What is the power, Brother Reigns? That power is what Joel prophesied in Joel 2, 28 and 29. That is that the Spirit, he said. And let's read it. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants, upon thy Handmaids, in those days will I pour out of my spirit. Acts 1 and 8, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You want to be witness for me for both Judea, Samaria, and other most parts of the world. 
You see, there is a promise that we are to receive. There is a gift that we can receive and that he desires that we should. How important is it, Brother Reigns? Well, let me tell you how important it is. Without the Spirit of Christ, we're none of his. That's how important it is. In other words, unless we've been born of water and spirit, Jesus said you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's how important it is. Your eternity, our eternity is upon the obedience to the word we have heard. How hungry for the word of God are you, church? How hungry for the word of God are you? The Bible said in the last day there wouldn't be a famine in the land for food. There would be a famine for the things of that. He said, it'd be a famine for the word of God. It'd be a famine to hear and obey the word of God. That's what the famine would be. I see it everywhere I go. I see it everywhere I look, and so do you. You know what I'm talking about. There are those, they think I'm ready to make heaven. They think I'm ready to go. But my friend, if you've not been born again of water and spirit, you are not ready. According to the words of Jesus Christ, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Oh, I've, I just beg folks and tell them, say, look, it's not enough to be a good person. Our goodness can't save us. The good works follow their attributes of those that have been born again. Yes, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast, yes. But there are works. We must repent and be buried in baptism with him in his name. And there's a promised gift of the Holy Ghost. Church today, he's not going to pass by hungry people. He's not going to pass by thirsty people. The sad tragedy is he passes by the people that thinks they've already got it figured out. They don't need, I don't need that preacher. I don't believe what you're saying. I believe I can just believe, I can believe this and that, and I'm, like Brother Joel was saying, once saved, always saved, I'm sorry. I don't read that in the Bible, Brother Willis. I don't read it there. I'm not boasting, but I've read it a few, a few times. And I think if it was there, I would have done underlined it by now because that's a, that'd be a pretty important verse. But it's not there. But what I do read is there, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. What I do read is the message of the apostle Peter, and I'm closing. The day of Pentecost, when they asked what, they needed to do to be saved. It is not changed because God's words ever settled in heaven. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He went on to say in verse 39, for the promise is unto you, to your children, 
to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God should call. Promises. Promises. Who are they for? Whosoever will. Whosoever will is the hungry. Whosoever will is the thirsty. Whosoever will is the needy. We could go on and on, and I have a whole page of notes I've not even touched. But we're not going any further because we've already said what's most important. And that is, you must be born again. And until you get hungry enough, you're going to get passed by. There are folks today that will try to ride in on the coattails of grandma or grandpa, a mom or dad or brother or sister. That coattail gets you just so far, and that's not very far. But I can tell you this today, church, except you. Everybody say me. That's me except we're willing to repent. We're willing to acknowledge our need of him, confess our sin. Lord, I'm wretched. Forgive me my sin. Lord, I want to be washed. I want to be cleansed. And we ask his forgiveness. And we ask the man of God to Bury us in baptism in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of our sins. We have a promise then of the Holy Ghost that Peter said. But how hungry are you? Too many people are satisfied with where they are. I'm so glad someone stirred me by telling me there was more. Someone challenged me and told me there was more to this. I could have more of him if I really wanted that. Church, I'm in my mind. I wanted everything I could get of God. I still feel that way today. And I'm striving to get every bit I can from him. Will you let him pass you by? Or will you cry out to him today? As Sister, Sister Pam's playing the song today, I... I I, I want to ask you. That person beside you can't save you. The scripture says, work out your own salvation and that with fear and trembling. As we sing this song about Jesus passing by your way and mine, you can reach out and grab a hold of that garment. You can touch the hem of his garment like the woman who had the issue. Or you begin to cry out and say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Either way, he knows how to do it. But you've got to make an effort. That's your part in mine. I feel today God is speaking to the heart. But it's up to you. You must answer that call.